Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. This is why we lift our hands. Amen. What an incredible testimony and story as we walk into week two of the Lift My Hand series. And each week we'll get to hear testimonies like these. Testimonies like we heard last week about how God moved, how God showed up and people were able, we were able to respond by lifting our hands. And as exciting as that is, I understand that there are many of you in this room who struggle to even be here. Um, who, who struggle to celebrate anybody else's victories because you feel like you're in the fight of your life. Who, as you walked in here today, you left some really hard situations at the door or in your car before you came in here. And as you leave, you will go back to difficult home lives and difficult situations. And so if I, I, if I could, I would like to encourage you to lean in, to press in as we walk through what it means to lift our hands. Because if you allow it, we are able to leave each week encouraged and better prepared and refreshed for the week ahead of us, knowing that all that I have to do is lift my hands. And so last week, Pastor Kevin kicked off this incredible series, reminding us to look at what God can do. Reminding us that God sees us, that he knows us, that he shows up for us, and that he came for us. And before I move on any further, I want to give honor where honor is due. And so Pastor Kevin and Melissa, I want to honor and thank the both of you for allowing me to, to step into this opportunity. But, but more than an opportunity, I want to thank you for your heart, for your character on and off this stage, for your integrity in and out of this church building. Uh, one of the first things that Pastor Kevin said to me when I got on staff was that everything speaks. And that's the culture, that's a part of the culture of this church. And at the time, we were just talking about how we set up for church on Sunday mornings or how we set up for, for welcome lunch. But everything speaks. This is a, a bit of a full circle moment because everything in the lives of you two speak to the growth and to the development of this church. It speaks to how people feel at home in this church. And so every hard day, every hard day in the office, um, every hard day at home, they speak in your integrity. And that speaks to what you see this morning. So thank you for that. And enough of that. So this morning, as I get the privilege of walking us into week two, I want to talk to you about victory. And I understand that some of you, at least a few of you, don't feel very victorious this morning. That you walked in here again with some hard situations, that you walked in here fighting. And as you go back home, you will go back home to a difficult home life or you will go back to work on Monday morning with the difficult situations or surrounded by difficult people. But I hope today to encourage and equip you to fight well, to fight the battles that you are facing with your hands lifted. And so today we are going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. For some of you that may sound a little familiar, that is the story of David and Goliath. The title of my message, for those of you taking notes, is No Sword and No Spear. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for, for the joy that it is to, to come up here and speak to your people today. I ask that you would allow me to communicate well, that nothing I say would be a hindrance, but God, that you would speak through me clearly and specifically to us this morning. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we are ready to receive the word that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen. So today we get to visit, or for some of us to revisit, the story of David and Goliath. Verse 4 is where we will start today. It says, Then Goliath, 
a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked in front of him, walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. So let's recap that real quick, because that was a lot. So Goliath 1 is over 9 feet tall. With other translations, we can assume that Goliath was about 9'9". Nine, nine. Okay, so the guy is tall. We know this. He had a whole bunch of bronze armor on. He has a helmet, a coat, uh, some leg armor, and all of that was just defense. All of that was just what he had on to protect his body. Offensively, he's got three sword, or three weapons. Two of them are talked about here. Goliath has a sword, a spear, and a javelin. So Goliath steps to face the Israelite army, all stacked up, all ready to go with these weapons, thinking, yeah, I think I've got this one in the bag. He tells the Philistine army, you guys don't even need to pick up your weapons. I'll handle this one. And the thought that I want to propose to you all this morning is that as we face our battles, as we walk through, through the things that we walk through, I wonder how many of us will, will admit that we walk through them a little like Goliath, that we walk with them stacked with sword, spear, and javelin, or in other words, we will walk into our battles with worldly weapons. The only issue with fighting a battle with worldly weapons is that we don't fight a worldly battle, we fight a spiritual one. It says in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against evil rulers and authorities and things that are unseen. So our struggle, the things that we battle with, they're not against what is seen or what is felt or what is tangible, what we can touch. It's against the things that are unseen. It's against evil rulers and authorities. And so many of us will walk into spiritual battles with worldly weapons, with worldly methods of fighting. And so my first point this morning is take off the weapons. Many of us are all strapped up and ready to go, ready to fight our hardships with worldly weapons, with worldly advice, with worldly reasoning. We will walk into our addictions and our strongholds, the things that keep us bound, attempting to fight them in our own strength, in our own authority, in our own logic. And we're convinced, truly, oh, no, I've got this. I got this one in the back. For some of us, it's, it's a pride issue of, oh, no, I don't need to carry, I don't need any help. I can carry it on my own. I'm good. No, thank you. I can carry it on my own. For some of us, it's, it's a guilt issue of, well, the, the decisions that I've made have put me in this situation. The choices that I've made have put me here, and so, no, God, you can't, can't help me. I'll have to figure this one out on my own. Whatever side of the spectrum that you end on, whatever scale you fall on, worldly weapons will never win spiritual battles. So take the weapons off. I want to encourage you to surrender over to God this morning whatever control you feel like you have over the situation. I want to encourage you to take off every weapon that you think gives you a fighting chance and to lift your hands. Because when I, what happens when I lift my hands is that I am letting go of every worldly method of fighting that I have. I am allowing the God of impossible to step into my situation and handle it the way that it should be. What happens when I lift my hands is that I surrender. And I surrender it over to God for him to step in. Because what God's not gonna, he's not going to step in and take it from you. 
as much as it hurts him to see his son or his daughter going through something, he's not going to step into your situation and take it from you. He's not a forceful God. He's one of free will, and that's actually what got us in trouble way back in Genesis 1 in the garden. But he's not a forceful God. He's a God of free will, and so he wants you to give it to him. He wants you to lift your hands. So for those of us fighting with worldly weapons today, take off the weapons. That's step one. Let's continue on in this story. So Goliath has challenged the Israel army. He says, or he sends out, he tells them to send out one of his men to sort of like 1v1 him. And he says, if you guys win, we'll surrender, we'll be your slaves. But if we win, you have to surrender and be our slaves. And the Israelite army is terrified. Nobody says anything. And for days, days, Goliath is standing here posing a threat challenging them and nobody is saying none of the Israelite army are saying or doing a single thing then David pops up he's out running an errand for his father and he hears Goliath talking disrespectfully about the Israelites and their nation and their God our God he hears Goliath and he begins to ask questions who is this guy where is he where is he from what does he want how can we get him out of here is the questions that he begins to ask and King Saul hears that David is asking these questions, and so he calls for David. David comes in. They go back and forth for a little while, whether or not little David can go out and fight this grown man. And eventually, Saul says yes, and so that's where we'll pick up in verse 38. It says, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped a sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now, the first thing I can't help but notice is that as we are reading the armor that Saul is putting on David, it seems incredibly familiar. It seems very similar to the armor that we just read that Goliath has on because that's what worldly weapons look like. Worldly weapons say if you want to fight your enemy, you will look at what they have on and go get you some of those. Your, your, arm, your enemy, your battle, your giant, no, they look like a real winner. So whatever tactic, whatever weapon they have on, you might want to get you some. You might want to strap up with some of those. But, but David is already one step ahead of us. David knows, no, those are worldly weapons. I can't fight in those. And so he takes off the armor. He takes off the weapons. And what he does next is he goes out and finds him some stones and a sling. So don't just take off the weapons. Don't just take off the weapons and, and surrender to that. No, take up your sling, which is my next point today. David was self-aware, and I will even say spiritually aware enough to know that he couldn't fight with the, with the sword, with the spear, with the javelin. He knew what he could not fight with, but David knew of some weapons that he could. David was able to identify not just the weapons that he needed to let go of, but the weapons that he needed to go get. And so if I could this morning, I would like to equip you with some weapons that you can go get to fight the spiritual battles that you're facing. Number one, the word of God. Go get your Bible. And if any of you do not have a physical, tangible Bible this morning, please come and talk to myself or Pastor Kevin after service. We would love to equip you with one because the Bible is one of the most powerful weapons that you could ever use. It's not just some big, old, boring book from the past, but it is applicable and it's relevant for our lives today. 
that there is a reason that after thousands of years that people are still studying and interpreting the Bible. It's because it's a living and active word. And God uses it to speak to his people today. And so weapon number one, go get your Bible. Weapon number two, prayer. Prayer works, and, and not just the, the super spiritual, the big vocabulary worded prayers, but real, transparent, truthful prayers. Those ones work. The, God, I'm not really sure where you're at or what you're doing, but it makes it really hard for me to trust you. Those kinds of prayers. The, God, I'm really struggling at my school or at my job to be the man or woman that you've called me to be because my coworkers or because the people I surround myself with, they make it hard for me to do that. God wants you to come to him and to be real, be honest about where you're at. So prayer is a weapon, and honest prayer is a better weapon. Weapon number three is worship. Did you guys know that many times throughout the Old Testament, that when God's people would go to fight, to battle, that there would be worship that took place before the actual fighting? So we see this in the story in the book of Joshua when the story of Jericho. We see this in the book of Judges with the story of Gideon in 300. Worship is a weapon that has been used against the enemy for centuries because worship is a weapon that works. And so when I lift my hands, when I begin to worship, things begin to change. I begin to see victory. As I lift my hands, things begin to change. And so if you want to be a warrior, if you want to fight your battles and fight them well, you will start with worship. And so these are just some weapons that we can use today to fight the battles that we're facing, to fight the addictions and the strongholds that have kept us bound. We can use, we can go get our Bible, we can pick up prayer, an honest prayer, and we can go worship. We can lift our hands. And so I want to encourage you today, don't just take off the weapons, but take up some weapons that actually work. Take up your sling. So let's continue on. Verse 48. It says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, he took out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. So this is the exciting part, right? This is the type of victory that we want to see in our own lives. This is the type of miraculous victory that happens when we take off the weapons and when we take up the sling. Because ultimately what we are doing is we're lifting our hands. We are lifting, we are surrendering to God and saying, I can't do this on my own. I need you to step in. I need you to fight this the way that it should be fought. And so this is, the kind of, this is the kind of victory that we see. We get to see giants fall when we take off the weapons and take up the sling. And as we're able to do this, we are able to experience some victory and some freedom from the giants that have been taunting and challenging us for days, for weeks, many of us years. We are able to experience victory when we take off the weapons and take up the sling. However, experiencing victory and actually being victorious are a little different because we're not finished and the story's not yet over. If we go to verse 51, it says, Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. So let's run this back really quick, little frame by frame. So David hits Goliath in the head with the stone. Goliath falls face down. 
everyone is just kind of standing there. Like maybe, maybe the Israelites are, are getting a little excited, but everyone's still here. Goliath runs over, cuts the head off, and then the Philistines start running away. So imagine what would have happened if David had walked away after Goliath had just fallen. Imagine what would have happened if David had said, well, that's enough victory for today. Well, that's enough victory for the week. Well, I knocked it down today. There are many of us who are going through battles of addiction, battles in our families and in your marriages, the battles that you face on a daily and weekly basis because we will settle for fallen giants. We will settle, we will settle for simply knocking the giant down. But for David, it wasn't enough for Goliath to just stumble and fall. For true, real victory, for the Israelites to leave the battlefield in a sense of freedom from the, from the Philistines, David had to cut off the head. And so we can't just take off the weapons. We can't just take up the sling. My third and final point today is that you have to take off the head. Many of us will leave the battle early. And when we do this, it just prolongs the pain. It just extends the battle. It, it just adds a few more links to the chain that you're bound to. There are things in our lives, in our families, in our homes, battles that will go on for years because we've never cut off the head. Battles that will go on for years because we've never pulled it up from the root. We've just continued to clip at the symptoms of it. And so this morning, if you want to experience freedom, you have to take off the head. You have to begin to pray honest prayers. You have to get around some people who you can be honest with and that will hold you accountable. You, have to get, you might have to delete social media. You might have to create some new boundaries in your phone or, or with the people around you. You might have to delete or block some numbers. You might have to delete and block some numbers. You might have to cut off the advice from the friend that doesn't really believe in Jesus. You might have to stop casually drinking. You might have to put a filter or a lockdown on your phone after a certain time at night. Whatever your giant is this morning, do not let it get, it, get back up. If you want real victory, you have to take off the head. And so there, this morning, there are some of you that are in desperate need of a victory. And not just temporary victory, but true, real victory. In desperate need of, of new weapons that actually work in desperate need of a savior. Today, as, as we begin to close, I want to give you an opportunity to do the very thing that we have talked about this, this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to raise your hands, to lift your hands. For some of you, you have never really lifted your hands. You've never really experienced a relationship with Jesus, and so you don't really know what that's like. But if I could, I would like to tell you a few things about him. One, he loves you more than you could ever know or imagine. He sees you right where you are. He knows you. He, in fact, he's known you before you were even in your mother's womb. He came to this earth and died just so that you might choose him. Just so that you might choose to enter into a relationship with him. And he's here today just for you. He's here just for you to say yes. And so if, if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you would be bold. I'm going to ask that you would take a little step of faith as people begin to come down for prayer. I want to ask that you would step, raise your hand. 
If that's you, if you want to walk into a relationship with Jesus, I ask that you would raise your hand this morning. You say, today is the day I'm done fighting, losing battles. Today I want to walk in victory. I want to walk and step in real relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand. If you want to choose Jesus today, I'll wait. I don't want this moment, this day to pass by and you wish you could have or should have. Jesus is here today waiting for relationship with you. Now for others of us in the room, others of us who today was just for him, just for you. For those of you who you've realized that maybe you need to take off some of the weapons that you've been fighting with. Maybe you've been fighting, losing battles, and you need, you've realized that today you need to take those weapons off. You need to fight with spiritual weapons, with some weapons that actually work, that you've been fighting with worldly weapons and you're tired and you're exhausted and you're ready for new weapons. Or you've realized this morning that you have been dragging on this battle for way too long, and today you realize that you finally need to cut off the head. Whatever your battle, wherever you are this morning, we are going to begin to respond to what the Lord is saying, to how he's speaking to us. I want to challenge you all to respond to what the Lord is saying. And as the worship team begins to, to play, let's, let's lift our hands this morning. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.